Hi, this is the Open Adoption Option, and I am Tracy Lee, and today I have a very special guest. This is Lisa. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? Wonderful. How would you like to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and where you're from? Sure. So my name is Lisa, uh, 49 years old, stay-home mom. I have two children, um, a daughter who's 17 and a son who is 13, who um, my husband and I adopted them both through an agency in San Antonio called Abrazo. And um, I was born and raised for the most part in the Dallas, Texas area. Um, And we currently live in the Atlanta area as of about six years ago. Um, My husband and I have been married for 21 years. um, And when I was 18, I had a baby girl and placed her for adoption also. Wow, so you have two adopted children that you went through. I see a common theme in all of my guests that uh, went through a Brazo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, And you actually ended up adopting two children. So um, tell me about how you ended up adopting two children. So you did open adoptions? We, um, yes. So uh, when my husband and I got married, we tried the traditional way of becoming parents through having a baby. Um, That wasn't working out too well. And we um, realized that we had infertility. We did two in vitro um, fertilizations. Neither one of those worked. And um, I just wanted to be a mom more than anything in the world. Didn't care how it happened. Um, And so we, um, through a friend of my mom's, daughter and son-in-law had had a wonderful experience with Abrazo and so I said that was great and contacted them and um, about six months after I made contact with them our daughter was born and we um, got the call and hurried up (laughs) to meet her she was um, about 48 hours old when we um, got there and then um, four and a half years later our son was born and um So his birth mother and I have a really good relationship. It's a very, um, very, very open adoption. Like to me, it's the most perfect situation it could possibly be. Um, Our daughter's birth mother was um, younger, a lot younger, and just wasn't real comfortable at the time uh, with contact or open adoption. And so we do not have contact with her. Right, because at Abrazo, even though they strictly do open adoptions, it is up to the birth mother to... It is. When I... Elizabeth, um, you know, and she was telling me about everything, because Kaylee had been born the night before I got the call, and um, she said the only thing is that, um, you know, her birth mother didn't want contact. I'm like, wait, what? I thought, you know, that that was kind of the thing. And she said, well, we're hoping she'll change her mind at some point, but no, we have to respect what her um, request is. So So tell me then, uh, how does that make your daughter feel? What is she looking for? You said she's how old? She is 17. Um, How does it make her feel? I think different over different parts of her life. Um, We don't talk about it a whole lot. She's a, my daughter's a pretty private person. Um, She doesn't like to share her feelings, especially with her mom. 
Um, she's 17. Uh, so it's kind of a sensitive subject. I, th- I mean, I think in an ideal world, she would love to have access to her birth mother, to have contact with her birth mother, to go, you know, talk to her, visit her, um, have all her questions answered. I, I definitely think that that would be something that um, that would be the ideal situation for her. Um, when she was a lot younger, it was just more um, kind of curious about her. Um, so I shared everything that I uh, knew about her. And so um, I'm um, I'm sorry, my son just came in. Um, I forgot to tell him. And so uh, I shared pictures with her and, and things that Elizabeth had given me. I think we had like three pictures. And so that seemed to be okay. And then um, when her brother was born, when she saw what an open adoption was like, where his birth mother would come visit and we would, you know, talk on the phone and things like that, then it got really difficult to the point where whenever his birth mother would come and visit, um, I usually would make plans for Kaylee to go spend the weekend with a friend or something like that. Cause it was just really hard for her to see his birth mother, you know, spending so much time with him and giving him attention and taking pictures of him and all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of was like in her face of, I don't have this. So that was harder. So have you heard the other episodes on the open adoption option? I have. Yes, I have. Okay. So, um, since you've heard those episodes, you obviously know that the other episodes, the, those adoptions became closed very quickly. And those, so those children are probably in the same boat as your daughter and grew up not knowing their birth mothers. Uh, and so tell us what is it like? <laughs> Cause I don't know as a birth mother either. Uh, what is it like to have that open adoption, the open relationship with your birth mother and your, what is it like for your son and the birth mother? And what do you mean by open? What does that mean? Uh, I mean, we haven't had that explained actually, because no one's had that happen. Okay. Um, so the most important thing to me when, when I, One of of the things as an adoptive parent that Abraza is really good at is they make you uh, read a lot and to educate yourself a lot about open adoption. Um, So I read everything I could. I really um, became super committed to it because even though um, no adoption is easy, closed, open, anything, it's just a very um, (laughs) grief-filled type experience. And... um, but the healthy, what I realized was that the healthiest thing for the child, who is the person that's most important in that whole thing, is for them to have, you know, access to their birth uh, birth mother and to um, have ideally have a relationship. But if, if you know, at the least, have the ability to you know talk to them or, or get information or just have you know access. So that was really important to me. And, um, when we matched with his birth mother, um, she, it was really important to her that the family that adopted him stay in contact with her. She was, you know, very open in the beginning about, you know, I want to be able to visit. I want to spend birthdays with him. I want, you know, I just 
want um, as much contact as possible. And she was 24 at the time, and she lived um, about four and a half, five hours away from where we lived in Texas. And um, so that was great for me. Um, In the beginning, what it looked like was um, I was there when he was born. um, And then, uh, but when she was discharged from the hospital, well, yeah, when she was discharged from the hospital, she and uh, my son were in a hotel room and then we had an adjoining room um, and he was with her because the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. So he was with her and her mom came to stay with her. Um, And then we tried to be really respectful and let her have that time with him. Um, And then once she had um, legally placed him for adoption, I guess, signed all the papers, then he transitioned (laughs) over into our room and uh, then she left and went home and it was just really a really weird feeling Um, and then we went and saw them a few more times before we left and went home and I would say probably within a week (laughs) she had driven back to visit us and um, we were texting a lot and everything Um, and then probably I don't know, three months later, she drove and visited, and she was in regular contact. Um, As time went on, I mean, he's 13 now. There's been contact, and then not as much contact, and then, you know, then for, there was a period of time, my son, so she would, um, when she was with him, he was the center of her world. He, there, there was nobody else. I mean, he, she just put him, like, all the attention was on him. And then um, a few years ago, she met a man and got married when she was, I guess, close to 30. Um, so it was the normal type of thing. Well, my son was very upset about her getting married. And then she got pregnant and had a baby about a year later. And so then he was he struggled with that, too. So, so upset that he did not want to talk to them or talk to his birth mother anymore. And uh, that was a hard conversation. Um, so up until then, she had been there for every single birthday party. She always made sure that she was there for his birthdays. Um, and then that year, she texted me about making plans to come spend the birthday with him. And I had to tell her that... He um, was refusing to talk to her. I said, but that I want to still, you know, like, we're still good. <laughs> I still want to talk to you. I said, this is such a hard conversation to have. And um, and she was so, so understanding and um, just, you know, we that, that went on for a couple of years where he just wouldn't talk to her. And um, but she and I stayed in contact. And then her dad and stepmom, who were just, phenomenal people were driving through where we lived at the time or here in in Georgia and asked if they could come by and see him and so I asked him and he's like yeah sure so he had he wasn't upset with them he was just upset with her and so they came and saw him and then they talked about you know we would love for you to come visit you know they've got they live kind of on some property and have animals and chickens and stuff and so he was super gung-ho about that and then I said, well, you know, that means you're going to see your birth mother. And he said, well, that's okay. That's fine. So he had worked through and processed and kind of gotten through it. And um, so then last fall, they have a week break here. Um, we went to Texas and we got to see her again. And it was 
just so awesome. And she has, uh, at the time she just had her daughter, but now she has another baby. But um, it was just such a good, good visit. So you didn't have any reservations at all, like most adoptive parents, I feel, or I, I guess from my point of view, just feel like they have some sort of reservations as far as, oh, she might bond more than me, or she might want her baby back, or, you know, um, I don't... Yeah, no, not, no. I mean, I see it. There cannot be too many, a, a child cannot have too many people love them. Um, my mom loves my kids so much. I mean, I don't worry about her, you know, taking them away or anything like that. Um, I, I just never, I guess like my, my daughter that I placed for adoption, her mom felt that way. I learned later. Um, but that was just not something that I ever felt the hardest thing for me um that I experienced as an adoptive parent when it comes to the adoption is when you make the decision to adopt one of the the hardest things one of the hardest things for me is you have to completely let go like that's not your pregnancy that's not your baby um that is their pregnancy and everything to do it as they want to, whether you agree with the choices they make about it or not. Um, for us, fortunately, um, our son, I mean, that pregnancy, she ate four or five meals a day, drank orange juice, napped, uh, just like all she did was take care of him the whole pregnancy. So, um, but that's not always the case. So, but that was hard knowing that I was just going to have to let that go. I couldn't control anything. Then um, the other part that was hard is uh, for six weeks, even though she and I had totally bonded and we had, a, you know, she had made an adoption plan and she had chosen us, um, it, you know, Brazo is very much about that is her, you know, you're the, what do they call us, prospective adoptive parents. They don't even call you adoptive parents when you're, in the process of adopting, I think they, you know, and, and so they're very focused on, you know, the baby is the, the mother's baby, the expectant mother. They don't even, I don't think, like to use the term birth mother um, when you're pregnant. And so to go from kind of having it drilled in my head, like, this is not your baby, this is not your baby, this is not your baby, and then all of a sudden a, a switch flips, and then you, you're the mom, and that was hard because it's just like to switch roles like that. It, it was just, you know, I had a lot of guilt about being his mom. Um, I felt like it was my fault that she didn't get to take him home. I mean, it's just that some of that may have to do with me placing my daughter for adoption maybe, but um, it was really hard. It was hard to see her hurting so much. That was one thing with um, my daughter, since hers was closed, we never saw her birth mother. I never saw her cry. I never saw her get emotional. So I didn't feel guilty about my relationship with my daughter, but with my son, I just had so much guilt about um, becoming his mom. And it took me a few years where I kind of let that go and don't, don't, but as far as worrying about whether he was going to 
bond with her more than me or, um, you know, want to go live with her or any of that. Um, no, I think the closer the relationship they can have, I think the better. And, and the other weird thing is when that relationship switches from the mom and the birth mother kind of being the one that work on that relationship to when the kid, child gets old enough and it's really up to them. Like I didn't want to force him to call her and contact her. He wanted no contact. And, and he's a very, um, he, when he makes his mind up about something, there's, he's very inflexible about it. So I wasn't going to, um, force him to do that. Cause that was, you know, his relationship. If he was having a problem with it, um, I did talk to him and try to, help him understand but he was like 10 11 years old he still he just saw it I think as a rejection a little bit and um so so do you think that your openness to open adoption also the fact that you had such a bad experience with your closed adoption helped you be more open to open adoption I don't know that that's I was so ignorant about what open adoption was when we, you know, made the decision to adopt. Um, and I talked to the, my mom's friend's daughter and, um, and so she had told me, you know, about, they had contact and had seen. And so I just really didn't know that much about it. I hadn't put a lot of thought into it. Um, I think what helped me was all the books and information um, and then at the time, I don't know if Abrazo still has it or not, but they had a like a message forum. People could post and answer questions, and there were birth mothers and um, adoptive parents, and now there's probably, I think there were even some adoptees, but most of the kids were too young. But um, anyway, so I just like absorbed as much information as I could, and as I did that, I just, you know, once you become knowledgeable and educated about something you are able to see that these fears um that you have or you know different things like that are just not something that you need to be concerned with and at the end of the day the main thing I wanted was to make sure that whatever we did it was the healthiest for the child you know I wanted to make sure um that that was going to be the best thing for them and that strongly strongly believe that um, complete access, full access, um, with no, <laughs> nothing, no obstacles in between or anything like that. I, I feel like that's just the, the healthiest way for them to grow up. Um, I feel like, you know, children that were adopted deserve to have everything that a child who wasn't adopted. So they should, you know, have, if they want to ask a question about whatever then just like a child who lives with his biological parents can say hey mom blah 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 I feel like they should have the same um, ability to do that as well and what does he does he just call her by her first name or does mm-hmm. he have a okay yeah no he's always just referred to her as Meg okay um, and then um, yeah and but I mean her parents so uh, her dad and and stepmom or moppy and poppy so he calls them the same thing that all their other grandchildren call them and they're um yeah so how did your husband how was was he uh all in like you were because i know a lot of men always want their their child you know like they're 
their kids, their, their, I guess their seed. So was he as hard to convince for the adoption Um, or the open adoption piece? No, he wasn't. Not at all. Um, no, because I mean, when we made the decision to, to work with Abrazo, we made the, you know, then at that point to, to have an open adoption, even though Kaylee's adoption didn't turn out to be open. Um, he was on board. He is, um, he is not that super, super duper engaged kind of father. He's kind of like, well, if that's what you say, (laughs) he just kind of goes along with whatever. So if I want this, then that's what we do, you know? So, um, that he, he's involved. He's just kind of defers to me when it comes to parenting and that kind of stuff. So he, he was never, he never had a problem with an open adoption. Okay. So we talked about your, your placement, how you said that was how long ago? 31 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) you said that was a, not a good experience. You went through a different type of agency. We know which that one is. And I recall that agency myself in San Antonio, Um, but it was not a Brazo. Um, no, and it's actually in Fort Worth. It's not in San Antonio. Oh, that's right. Is it, it, is in, it is in Fort Worth. I do, I do recall that Worth. because we did. Um, I remember when I was going through my process, um, it was one that we had spoken to. But we did not like that agency. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you did go with that agency at that time. Um, and uh, it was not a good experience, but it was a closed adoption. Um, but you Correct. did end up finding your daughter. I did. Yes. Um, yeah, I was 17. It was, I got pregnant the summer before my, um, senior year in high school. And so this was way before the internet or information or anything like that. So I chose that agency because my aunt and uncle had adopted from them and I thought, oh, they're nice people. So therefore everybody that adopts from them must be just like my aunt and uncle. Um, and so, and it had been around for a hundred years and I thought, well, they must be a good place if, you know, so the reputation, I just, cause my biggest thing was I wanted to make sure that she was with a, um, loving parents that would stay married. My parents divorced when I was nine. So it was really important to me that her parents stay married. And, and I thought they had some special way to know that, you know, anybody that they placed with were going to stay married forever. Um, so that's why I chose them, even though it was a closed adoption. And back then, I would say for the most part, adoptions were closed. There may have been exceptions, but pretty much anywhere it was going to be a, a closed confidential adoption. Um, so I really didn't have any information on her. I would write um, an update every single year and send it to them, which they really didn't encourage. And every single year I would get a letter that would say, no news is good news. We haven't heard from the family. You really should just, you know go, go through with your life and everything's okay. Um, I did get a few little tidbits of information. Um, one was that they had adopted a, a boy, um, in 1995, my daughter was born in 1989. So I had just a teensy bit of some non-ID information. And so I would say for probably four or five years, I was actively trying to figure out how to find her. Um, and, I finally was able to do it based on the information that I had, and um, I reached out to her and um, through Facebook, and she responded 
about a week later, and um, we have been in contact um, ever since. And so it had been, um, I mean, every year around her birthday was just the hardest, hardest time for me. It was um, so painful, and I just would kind of like become a recluse for about a week or two. And um, I just really wanted to know she was okay, and I wanted her to know that I loved her. And if I only was able to do those things, then I was that was going to be enough for me. But it, as it turned out, I got so much more than that. And it's kind of like it just took all that, all those years of grief just melted um, now that I've found her. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that's exactly how I felt. Every, every birthday was the hardest. So I, mm-hmm. I totally, totally understand that feeling for sure. So I'm so glad that you have finally the relationship that you wanted with her and how do your kids feel? How was it to tell them that you actually placed before you adopted? Um, I had been, I never wanted her to be a secret ever to anybody so I was even when I was pregnant and somebody would ask I'm like I'm placing her for adoption and um I would just I was very very open about it so I never wanted to have to have a talk with my kids that mommy had placed a baby for adoption and I don't know how but I just managed to they've just always known that I was a birth mother and so when I found her it was so easy because I'm like, ah, I found her, you know, and uh, my son was only like two, so he didn't understand, but Kaylee was um, about five years old, so she understood, um, and so the, the question is how, how have, how have they been about it? Yeah. Um, for Kaylee, <laughs> it was, so she was five when I found Joanna, um, it was another reminder that she didn't have contact with her birth mother and that you know um all of a sudden I am going to visit I flew to New York to meet my daughter for the first time um about three months after I found her and I mean she was five she didn't want me to go and then um when and then my daughter came to visit us a few months later and Kaylee just wanted all of her attention and didn't want the two of us to have any um, time together and so then the next time I flew to visit my daughter because I'm like this is too hard having you know her here and I've got the kids and trying to you know because I just wanted her all to myself I just I didn't want to share it with anybody because I had gone so long without having and we you know we're still getting to know each other so um, over the years their relationship has kind of gone up and down I mean when she was little I think it was really hard for her then there was a period of time because um, Joanna was so cool and fun and young and you know she would give her a lot of attention and she's girly and all that kind of stuff and so then it was really good and then um oh there was one time when Joanna came and um she wanted she and her uh, fiance at the time wanted to go to breakfast with me where it was just uh, she said I just want it to be just us and so Kaylee thought she was going to get to go and that really hurt her feelings and so it was hard I mean that's kind of been hard for her um since then they they don't you know there's no like hard feelings but I wouldn't say that they're super close Brennan is a typical boy who really doesn't you know 
care one way or the other. I mean, he, you know, when Joanna comes to visit, he's like, oh, cool. I'm going to go play video games. <laughs> and um, if I go visit her, you know, it's just like, well, who's going to make me dinner? So, <laughs> Kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's, yeah. it's so cool that you're so just open and vibrant about it. I've just, I don't have, I don't even know how to react because I don't have that same experience. So I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, here I am, the one doing the podcast about open adoption, and you're the one. Just... <laughs> well, I mean, but all of them are, you know, every situation is different. And, um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say that open adoption is easier for the adoptive parents or the birth parents, um, you know, because... Meg still had, I mean, I can't imagine being her. I can't, like, the closed adoption birth mother, me, who, you know, saying goodbye was the hardest thing ever to have to say goodbye to my daughter. No, I'm, you know, possibly never going to see her again. But um, I can't, like, every single time you leave, having to say goodbye again. And then Brennan would just, and he does now, too. Like, even when we were there over fall break, I mean, he just breaks down and he's like, sobbing and that's how it would be every single time that that she would leave and he would be away from her like all these years it's just been you know so and then she uh, I just oh it was hard (laughs) it would just be hard so it's not easier it's just better it's a it's a better healthier thing um way of of having the adoption in in my opinion and and I think my daughter would agree I mean I think you know she it's just if she has any questions like medical questions or anything she can just like text me and ask and it's so nice and like she I mean it's been 31 years there's been a lot of health changes (laughs) since I placed her for adoption and filled out the medical paperwork you know like my sisters have had breast cancer and you know just things like that and now I can just tell her I'm like hey you know this happened or that happened or whatever and um it's so good for her to have, and now that she's pregnant and she has, you know, all of my medical information, anything she wants to know versus like my daughter who I parent and we went to the doctor the other day, a new doctor, and she's filling out the paperwork and she's like, here we go again. They want the family background and she just puts a big O X through it and writes adopted. And you know, that's wrong. (laughs) It's just wrong. Yeah, that's, I know how she feels on that too, because I don't have a family background, so I have to do the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I know how she feels. I have that problem too. I have the problem of not knowing my family background, and then I have the problem of being a birth mother who didn't have contact with my, my child. Mm, so, yeah. it's, yeah, I know yeah. both ends, so it's, it stinks. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm so excited that you chose open adoption, that you have such a great adoptive relationship and it's even further than just sending the pictures for birthday and Christmas. And you're not just doing the minimum agency, you know, requirements or what they ask you to do. And I'm not sure if they're even requirements. I just know that it was something that, you know, I was told that the adoptive parents were supposed to do and mine didn't. So, um, yeah, they're, you're supposed to do that. I mean, I, I'm i in contact with her so much that I have been horrible and I haven't sent, with Meg, um, I haven't sent an update to the agency about Brennan in a while. But, I mean, if Meg ever wanted me to, I will. But, like, I mean, 
I send her pictures of him, like, you know, anytime he does something all the time, like we're just in regular contact. And so that's why I haven't, you know, sent anything. Um, I sent stuff for Kaylee's birth mother for years and she just never, you know, it's just hard. Like, cause you put so much into like the update and the pictures and all that. And she never, um, has tried to get any of that. If I ever found out she did, oh my gosh, I would go nuts, like frantically trying to write an update and, and sending a bajillion pictures and all that. I would love it if she would um, do that. But um, yeah, I mean, Meg is like one of my closest members of my family to me. Like I, I trust her so much and she, um, we're like sisters. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a really unique kind of relationship, but I like, love her so much um it's just you know and and such a like comfortable relationship where like I can get annoyed with her you know like she would come and visit sometimes and she would sleep like when she was younger till like two o'clock in the afternoon and I would just be like oh my gosh you know like you can get frustrated with family members and stuff and it would be you know the same thing or she would take forever putting her makeup on or whatever I mean it's just it's not a superficial kind of comfort level with her it's just a very like I can talk to her I can tell her anything I want to tell her she can tell me whatever she wants to tell me I mean it's just um it's like I have a new family member it's that kind of relationship I think that's amazing I think I would love to hear more stories like that that's it's really awesome. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I was texting with her today. I just asked her. I wanted to make sure she didn't mind if I used her real name. Um, she's like, oh, my gosh, of course, you know. And so then we were just kind of talking a little bit about it. And she's like, you know, it's so – ours is so open and it just feels so normal that it it's hard for us to understand when that's not the case, you know, like when, when it's a sort of open adoption or, you know, or some, or an adoption that was open and then is no longer that way. It's just, um, I guess we kind of not take it for granted, but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a story like this, like really ever. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've heard people who have good relationships, but not like, they visited every birthday and like, I mean, I'm even sitting here on my own podcast saying it's not like they're going to be over for dinner every Friday night or, you know, whatever. It's just, they're, you know, yeah, I heard when you able. said that, yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, there's, there's just all degrees of, I know, you know, I'm like, it's not like that, it's not like they're going to be, like, that much part of your family, I'm like, but, you know, here you are, you're like, oh, yeah, she's, she's been there for every birthday, and, you know, we go visit her yeah. on fall breaks, and I'm like, what? Yeah, well, and I mean, like, I don't want it to be all puppy dogs and rainbows and everything, because, I mean, that we have definitely you know, in, in the beginning when she was in contact a lot, I mean, that, it was hard. I oh, mean, it was just like, it was, I was, because I had a brand new baby, and I mean, she was 24. She had never had a baby. She didn't know how much time a newborn, and I had a four-and-a-half-year-old, very active preschooler, and so it was really hard to, because I felt like I had to text back immediately, you know, when she would text me. And I mean, this may, like, we may text back and forth for like two hours or something. And so, you know, it was hard. And then it was, um, you know, there, I don't know, like, so it's, I don't, it's a one, like, it's perfect for, uh, for me. And as far as like what I envisioned and all that, but it's not like it's like, this. it's been this way the whole time. I mean, it's taken, 
time to build. I mean, we've always felt close to each other, but we've gone through so much together over the years um, that we just keep developing that that bond just gets stronger and stronger. And the trust, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, I trust her. She trusts me. We know we're never going to leave each other. You know, it's just like, even if we go months without talking to each other or whatever, we know that we can if, you know, if any, either one of us want to. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't, I just don't want it to sound like, oh, it's just been perfect this whole time. Because <laughs> we definitely, I mean, going through the thing where Brennan didn't want to talk to her was, Oof, I don't know. That was hard, and that I uh, she just was so graceful about how she handled it. Um, but she just loves him so much. I mean, so 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 much, and so she she would do anything for him, anything. I wish I I I wish that all adoptees knew how much their birth parents love them, and that you know this is yep. for the most part all all birth parents really do this out of love most 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 birth parents do this out of love and that it's yeah. not not out of you know you know malice or anything like that and not totally it's not for selfish reasons so um right and that was what um my biggest fear was that I would die and not be able to tell my daughter how much I loved her you know and I had written a letter um, and given it to the agency for them to give to her parents, which they didn't give to her mm-hmm. until I found her and told her that there was a letter. And then she asked and they're like, oh, yeah, there is a letter. Yeah. Um, so um, but that was my biggest fear is that I would die. And so I would tell my husband, I'm like, you have to promise me, promise me that if something happens to me, you have to find her and you have to tell her how loved she was and how I thought about her every single minute like of every day, like there wasn't a single day that went by that she wasn't in my thoughts. Um, and, and so that was, you know, so then when I found her, I'm just like, Ooh, okay. So, I mean, not that I wanted to die, but I'm like, okay, that's done. So I don't have to, you know, that was my main thing that I wanted. If there's a bucket list, it was just like, find her and make sure she knows that I have never stopped thinking about her. She's, you know, always been in my heart and, and I love her so much and, I was able to tell her that, which was so special. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally understand that too. The same thing happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I had I had another question to ask you. It was about, um, it was about your daughter. Uh, no, it was about your son. Do you mm-hmm. ever feel like? Do you ever see traits in him, and you're just like, you must get that from Meg. Or you must, oh, yeah. do you, do yeah. you, do you ever think, cause I noticed when I met my, my son for the first time, it was so weird because I swear, even though we didn't raise him, that child was just like us. And I was like, how did you get just like all these traits that are exactly like us? But do you ever think like, what the heck? Like, yeah, and, I mean, I, I, I mean, I could like go on for a million years with my daughter who I place for adoption because, you know, I talk to her. So we're able to constantly, you know, compare like, <laughs> wow, that's just crazy. So but with my son, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, see things where um, he, that definitely comes from, you know, Meg or, or whatever. Um for sure. I mean, he's just, he's so 
uh, particular about things. Like he likes everything to be lined up and in a certain spot and this goes here and this goes there and that goes there. And he's just very um, particular about things. Well, her dad, she's kind of that way as well, but her dad is very, very much very organized. He was in the military and, you know, it's just like things like, I don't know. They, so I see a lot of him and Brennan too. Like I just, I, he, Brennan does things and I'm like, Oh, then I'll tell, I'm like, guess what Brennan did? Like, it just reminds me of your dad so much, you know, um, Brennan's a very black and white person. There is no kind of in between gray and I'm very, you know, there's, it can be this, it can be that I'm much more loosey goosey and Brennan's just extremely literal about everything. Um, and that, you know, I, that's definitely, I think from, from them, <laughs> Well, that's so cool that you can talk to her about that, that you can yeah. share that. So, yeah. Well, my, so with my daughter, just a quick thing, when um, I found her, because I'm very wordy, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> so, like even when I write emails and everything, it's just very long and people kind of make fun of me because I just cannot be concise. And so when we first started communicating, I would write emails. And so her brother was um, like 16 at the time and she gave him one of my emails to read. And he was like, oh, my gosh, Joanna, she's just like you. Like she, and he goes, it sounds like you wrote this email because she was the same way. And we go off on tangents. And, you know, I mean, it's just like our brains are so similar. It's just crazy how little little things that you just never think of um, are we do the same, you know. So. Isn't that funny? They say um, blood is thicker than water. So you yeah, wonder genes sometimes. Genes are, <laughs> are huge. I mean, yeah. Like, and like Kaylee um, is extremely creative. Like she's had pink hair and blue hair and purple hair. And she's got piercings and she wants tattoos. And, you know, we're not like that. Like, I mean, my hair is brown. And um, I've, you know, I mean, I, my ears are pierced. Um and like I never had a tattoo or and my husband doesn't have tattoo like that's she hasn't grown up around that but she for the longest time has wanted tattoos and wanted piercings I mean she's had piercings since she was like 13 14 years old because she just would beg and beg and beg and I have seen some pictures of um her birth mother and I, and I know a little bit from the paperwork she filled out, she was super or is super artistic and creative. And I think at one point, one of her boyfriends was a tattoo artist. And so I kind of feel like, well, she must like tattoo. And it's just like, I, even though I don't know her birth mother, I've, I've seen some pictures and things like that. And I feel like, you know, they I just would love for them to meet because I would love for Kaylee to, you know, have that validation and then I would love for her birth mother kind of like how I am with my daughter I'm just like oh my gosh it's so cool to see that some other little human being is like me and I feel like that's kind of what her birth mother would be like whoa this is so crazy it is. <laughs> you know we're so similar it is it is crazy because that my oldest is the same way he's tattooed his parents are not like that at all but he's tattooed and we love the same music and it's just it, it's insane it's insane yeah, i love it yeah I love it. I, it's genes are super strong very 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 strong yeah, yeah. Well, i'm so excited i love talking to you i absolutely just love having you, you on the show too. yeah and i love yeah, your definitely. adoption story and i love that um you know i i hate that you weren't 
um, able to have any more kids, but I love that it all worked out that you were able to adopt and do an open adoption. At least one of them was an open adoption and experience that love story that I've been trying to, to get across to people and let them understand how important it is to share that love and how important it is for the children. And I see your son definitely benefits and, and how he's allowed to make his own choices. And, you know, if he wants to talk to her, he does. And and he, how he's affected obviously by the decision she makes in her life. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. So, um, I hope for your daughter that she does get what she wants one day. Um, she's only a year away. I so, know, a few months actually, December. Oh, so, so maybe. Um, maybe, I don't, I, I know that it's such a, like, you know, um, she's got to be ready for whatever the outcome is emotionally. And, you know, it's just like, it's so hard because there, she balances that. It's just like, okay, if I don't take a chance and see, then I'm never going to find out. But, ooh, am I ready to, you know, to take that chance? So I. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what she'll do. Um, but whatever she does, I'm totally a hundred million percent supportive. What I will tell you what's crazy is one of my friends, I'm trying to get her on the show as well. She's adopted and, uh, she found she, hers was a closed adoption, but the agency for some reason messed up and put her mom's name on the birth certificate. So she was really, it was really, really easy to find her mom. So uh-huh. she, she found her mom and, um, she got to meet her mom and then she found her dad it wasn't such a great reunion. It was kind of a great reunion with her mom for a little while and then um, not so much. But she got to meet her dad and her dad didn't even know she existed, much like your daughter. And uh, she has an amazing relationship with her father and his family. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Because oh, that makes me so happy. he had no idea she existed. So he was like, oh my gosh, you know, had I yeah. known, you know. Um, so, you know, they just did what they do. They just terminated his rights because they couldn't find him or whatever. And, you know, so, um, she was sending me pictures. She's like, look at my family. And she looks exactly like the dad's side of the family. So I'm like, holy crap, you are like a spitting image. So, um, she has a great relationship with her birth father and, and that side of the family. So there may be hope that even if her birth mother is still not open to it and just is like, okay, Hey, nice to see, nice to meet you. This is me. Um, maybe, maybe her birth father will be like, I didn't know anything about you. And I'm, you know, thankful that you reached out and told me you existed because you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I, let's hang on to, yeah. You know, so yeah, between it would be great if both, but, um, you know, even if it's just him and that would be awesome. Just some connection to, to one of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Half of her. Yes. <laughs> something, something that'll give her some, something. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that we'll, we'll hope exactly. for her. So we'll have to stay in touch and definitely follow up on that story. Cause I definitely want to see how she does and, and we'll, we'll, you know, send her good vibes. For that reunion. Thank you. I would love that. <laughs> yep, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, I know your kids are probably like wondering what the heck, where's mom? We need her. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Especially the son. Yes, yes. He's like, I need, he's done I need. With school, so it's like, oh, you know, I, he's been doing school all day. I can't scoop this food out by myself. Here. Let me get. Yep, exactly. And then when he came in, it's because he needed ice cream. 
Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, calling in and I appreciate your time and um, your story was wonderful and amazing and tell Meg we said hello. And if she wants to share us her side of her story, that would be amazing too. We'd love to have her on. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye, Lisa. We thank you so much for listening to the open adoption option. That was Lisa's story, and she is absolutely amazing. And this is exactly the story that I wanted you to hear uh, about open adoption and how wonderful it is for the children, for the birth mother, for the adoptive family, and just how it's supposed to be, how it's meant to be, how you don't have to fear that the birth mother is going to take the child and run, or you don't have to be afraid of love because that's all you are denying. Your child is love. Adoption, open adoption is, like I said, It is a love story between two families for the sake of the child. And this is a perfect example. Lisa and Meg's story is a perfect example of that. And it's absolutely awesome to hear. I'm just overwhelmed and amazed by their relationship. And I hope you all are too. And I look forward to sharing more stories, and I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you so much, and tune in next time for the next story of The Open Adoption Option.